2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ole Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode 177. And if you want to listen to this episode, previous episodes, and all future episodes, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Uh, I don't know where to begin today. Actually, I do know where to begin. I don't really want to talk about it. So let's just bring in the crew here of Sam Lopressi. Hello, Sam.
0: Hey, Danny. It's a you know, it's a nice, great uh, international break, relaxing, quiet. Oh, oh, damn.
2: Chucks, we didn't get our quiet international break.
3: No, no, we didn't. <laughs> but I'm glad to have everybody back. Uh, you know the four of us back again last week it was just you and me but you know we did well i think and uh, now we're back to the four of us and i am coming to you actually live and direct from the Mechanicsville, virginia (laughs) public library so um if anybody for some reason is nearby well actually i'll be gone by the time you even listen to this so yeah
2: i I hope you're not going to be still at the library by the time this comes out (laughs) well that
3: and out of virginia as well we're just here
2: for the weekend there you go yeah Awesome. Well, as as Chuck gets his library voice going, we will welcome back Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey,
4: fellas. Happy to be here, as always, uh, after missing a, a couple of weeks. I'm sure nothing too major happened, so I'm I'm unclear what we'll talk about, but happy to be here, <laughs> as always, either way.
2: Well, Sergio, we're not going to talk about good things for the next oh probably half hour or so so why don't you pep things up with some good news you take the floor
4: yeah no i mean i you know just a little peek behind the court and i was south a couple of weeks uh doing a, a trip first for work then for pleasure uh in europe in germany and and did a little uh tour of of the big german cities you know just had, had a lot of fun and took advantage of that to propose to my girlfriend, now current uh, fiance. So that was pretty exciting. Was a lot less <laughs> difficult than I thought it would be. Actually, to be honest, <laughs> everything went pretty smoothly. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just great. It's just good news that that you know I felt compelled to share on on this podcast right here.
2: There we go. Well, we congrats to you. Congrats to the the now fiance. And uh, I think this is a sign that Sam is married chucks is married sergio is now engaged i am the oldest one and currently the only unspoken for one so this is basically indirectly the three of you guys saying hurry the fuck up <laughs> i mean i don't think Couch is uh
3: married either i think
2: <laughs> oh cou- couch is behind the scenes we so you know <laughs> yeah but uh, yes, uh, again, con- many congrats to you and to the to the misses and especially the dog. Knowing that the dog will probably revel in all the the wedding gifts that you guys get whenever you do, uh, you do have weddings. So, uh, can we all agree uh, that our takeaway from the last week was that international breaks are just the worst thing ever these days?
0: Yeah, that just there's always a when it rains it pours type of a moment on these breaks. Now, I think
2: at this point it's not pouring. It feels like. It we've, we've passed like deluge stage and we've reached like, you know, we're just aboard the Titanic. It feels like.
0: Yeah. And Danilo got hurt.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, it it says something about the international break. Your favorite club is having when your club captain getting hurt is just a minor blip on the radar. (laughs) It's, it, it's it's is nuts. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're referring to Niccolò Fagioli, who goes from you know the the golden child of of the Juventus youth academy to now being the first name in the ever-growing, at this rate, betting scandal in Italy. As of right now, we know four names: uh, Fagioli being one of them, uh, Niccolò Zaniolo, Sandro Tonali, and uh, Zaluski from Roma being the other four. I think one of the worst parts besides, and we'll get obviously into the Fagioli on the field and off the field, because obviously there is very much a personal matter a Fagioli, the person element to this rather than just on the field stuff. Uh, but I think one of the worst things to come out of this is that the fact that we now have to listen to Fabrizio Corona, who is one of the slimiest gossip columnists in all of Italy, which is saying something because it's Italy. Now all of a sudden Fabrizio Corona's name is all over Twitter, all over just social media. And unfortunately he's gotten a lot of stuff right about this, which knowing his past, it kind of tracks considering what we're talking
0: about. Yeah, this is like, it's kind of like tuto sport nailing the Ronaldo rumors, except (laughs) like, except 8,000 times more sleazy. I thought that
2: same thing last night.
0: (laughs) It's you know, this is a guy that this is a guy that has straight up gone to jail for blackmailing players and clubs. Wow. And now he's like, got this, which is just the strangest thing. And like today, he, now today he's saying that he's not going to uh, release any more names until after the international break is over for the Italian national team. So it doesn't mess with anymore, because obviously he's mentioned Zaniolo and Tonali and immediately they ended up leaving. Coverciano, so maybe some, uh, maybe a couple of people were like, "Ah, uh, maybe you want to wait until after we play at Wembley." Thanks, dude. <laughs> but uh, and I was reading reading through some stuff today. Is like apparently his source is like it says the source is the uncle of a former interplayer who is close friends with Mario Balotelli. Nice. That is who he says his main sources are. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is just. This is a shot in the face, not just for Juventus, but also for for Italian football in general. You know, there are a lot of people, you know, I have a, a good friend, you know, wondering if this is behind why Sandro Tonali was sold this summer by Milan. You know, I don't think necessarily it's Zaniolo. They've been trying to get rid of him forever, but, <laughs> um, but you know, this, you know, if if other guys come out in this... You know, there's, we apparently are, are waiting with bated breath for one other Juventus player to be on the list. A lot of people are actually assuming that that's Federico Gatti because he just got sent home from the national team today. But also, you know, like there's just so much here that can damage the country as a whole. I mean, this is, you're looking at a, a situation that might be the biggest betting scandal that this country's had since Totonero. And that's, you know, that sent Milan down to C B in the 80s. Like there's no, it's, deeply unclear as to whether or not players were betting it's i was just talking about this with with chucks and sergio before you managed to sign on danny after your computer problems is that i i haven't seen the definitive thing that says that this is a scandal about players who are gambling on an illegal gambling portal and whether or not that crosses into a scandal about football players gambling on an illegal gambling portal on football games. Like, has there been a definitive break in that line or, and, and that I've just missed because that changes things dramatically.
3: So from what I know, which is not much more than you know, <laughs> from what I know it, I mean, there's just very little official statements being made yet. Like we talked about, you know, off the air. I mean, Juventus has only just came out with uh, their own, what is it? two paragraph statements uh about a day or so after.
2: yeah it was, it was on yeah
3: yeah yeah so just about you know a day before we're recording right now so you know short answers i don't know <laughs> um, longer answer is uh i think it speaks to kind of the the shortcoming of like crisis management in in this case uh, juventus of juventus of kind of official authorities in general so yeah again juventus and um Milan and I mean any of the clubs involved with the players here um because you know there's just been a vacuum of official news on something that seems to be a very serious issue I think if it was just contained to Fagioli just contained to you know Juventus and and one player okay then it would be on us to come out with those public statements but it seems like this is a wider indeed a wider issue with at least multiple players And therefore multiple clubs and i mean how far is it how many how many clubs is it how many players is it is it a systematic issue again we don't know and the problem is just with that lack of official with that vacuum of like official statements or any kind of official news from trusted authorities well what do you get then i mean you get people like fabrizio going filling in that vacuum and saying hey you're not hearing any official news from anybody else so here i come with partially true partially untrue and just often uh sensationalized or just uh clickbaity type of news so for me that's you know really one big takeaway from from this issue is just you know pr 101 or kind of crisis management 101 which is you know and we've seen this you know in politics and then especially when well ironically to do a play on play on his name here during the coronavirus um you know pandemic i think we saw a lot of that too just you know when there is that lack of official news when a crisis just hits you get a lot of sleazy people filling that vacuum and you know i think that's unfortunately what we're seeing now so you know again very limited official news that i've heard which partially might also be because it's just you know With ongoing investigations, you're obviously limited to how much you can say officially. But still, I mean, you got to say something. You got to say something beyond a two paragraph statement, I think. And otherwise, again, people are going to go to the untrustworthy sources. And then people start spreading false narratives and then, you know, putting that genie back in a bottle of just certain discussions going on oh is it the entire league oh well maybe it's this player too oh well maybe it's you know like you said with the source of uh, balotelli's uh was it uncle or something or or...
0: the uncle of a player who is friends with balotelli or something oh yeah
3: yeah man what is this the riddler or something
0: (laughs) it's you know Uh, it's convoluted in the extreme it really is
3: So yeah, then you get stuff like that. And then again, people start talking like, oh, maybe it's Balotelli himself or like, you know, people just start talking, whether they be somewhat true or somewhat untrue or completely untrue discussions. And it's, it it grows from a PR issue to really a crisis. The more people start talking about just, the more like weird narratives start spreading. So, you know, I would really want to hear more official statements from anyone with some, credibility Juventus, or uh i don't
4: know milan or whichever clubs uh, are involved yeah and, and i think you know the fact that this is happening in italy probably doesn't help a place that is famous for having very crystal clear uh you know resolutions of every scandal out there like it's probably not helping
1: <laughs> uh
4: it, it's 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 going to be you know i, I think that the, the crux for me is, is what sam said right like if you're just making bets in a sketchy website of You know, whatever, like basketball. Like I can't imagine the 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 penalty being too, you know, too onerous. But if it's the
0: sporting penalty something that they're
4: doing. Yeah, the sporting penalty, exactly. But if it's something that they're doing, you know, even if it's not games that they're playing, you know, even worse if it's games they're actually playing, but even when they if it's games they're not playing, if it has anything to do with CETI app. You know, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to be lenient with with any of those guys. And unfortunately for us, with with the the Juve player slash players that might be involved here, it's just it's just a you know it's just a goddamn shame. It really is, and I think it speaks to how there is a certain lack of of I don't know if leadership in the locker room or something. But but so many off the field issues just just can't be a coincidence and 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 you know that's something that never used to happen when when this team you know had you know was during that that historic run obviously you know never really heard of of players getting into into trouble or doing things like this and now it seems like every international break every single time like something weird is happening or something sketchy is happening you know you had the the Pogba thing now you have this it's just I think it's fixed to a, a the monstrous organization that Juventus currently is right now, and, and you know, it's just—it's brutal. It's brutal if, if you know to always have to be worrying about off the field issues and you know, not not what's actually happening on the pitch.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I can remember a couple of uh, of players not exactly driving while sober uh, coming oh, yeah. coming to mind. Uh, was Arturo Vidal probably we're in, we're um, Mar- Martin <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Martin, Martin Caseros. Uh, you know, doing a little drunk driving during their, during that, uh, that previous run. But I mean, nothing, you know, obviously they're, they're millionaires and you want them to not do stupid stuff like that. But, you know, nothing to the level of where it's, you know, a failed doping test and multiple potential multiple year suspension, gambling issues like Fajoli and who knows who else, uh, with multiple years suspension potentially on the table. And, you know, this is, you know, you look at it, they're all the, the four names that we know now that we mentioned earlier, they're all kind of in that, that early mid twenties age range. You know, they're all kind of guys who, especially these days have kind of grown up with gambling becoming more and more prominent. I mean, when we look at, you can even look at our website, there's gambling stuff from, I believe, FanDuel right on the front page you know there's there's gambling ads whatever sports podcast you listen to there's probably some sort of gambling ad i mean even in the last few days as all of this has, has come out listening to podcasts whether it's you know from fans for sports network you know i listen to the giants podcast there's gambling you know san francisco giants baseball team they're gambling podcasts or gambling ads thrown in there the athletic has gambling ads all over the place other you know podcasts do as well entire podcast network are backed by gambling companies here in the u.s so you think about just what the last you know who knows how long Nicola fagioli's gambling gambling problem has been and obviously as a 22 year old He's probably on his phone a decent amount when he's not, not on the
0: training field or you know traveling. And he hasn't been on the training field for a good chunk of this last year after exactly. he broke his collarbone.
2: So, so you don't know how long this goes back. Who knows? This could be something, an itch that was getting scratched quite a bit when he's sitting around doing nothing during lockdown in Italy. And it just kind of, the wave just started building and building and building where, you know. A who knows, you know, this past summer it just got to the point where he's got gambling debts that he could not you know, he could not afford to pay back. Who knows? I mean it's just it's just it's, one it's of those- amazing
0: to me too, because the, the question then becomes why the illegal sites? Because it is legal in Italy and it has been legal in Italy for quite some time. Yeah. Cause at least compared to the US here in the US, where we're still, you know, only four or five years removed from from the legalization of of sports betting and uh, you know, outside of uh, you know the two places where it was ever legal in in Vegas and Atlantic City, it it just makes me wonder why it's happening in the in this illegal realm as opposed to, you know, gambling addictions are serious and they can absolutely happen on legal sites, but why why the illegal sites? Maybe if these guys are betting on soccer, it's much easier for them to do through an illegal channel without without being detected obviously they flunked that but but yeah that, that that's the other question to me is that you know if you want to you know if you want to bet on it on the next ufc fight you've got so many more channels to do it in than one that would attract the interest of public prosecutors which is how apparently this this started in the first place was that Fajoli got caught up in in a sweep of an illegal gambling site
4: yeah, it's 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 also you know talking about what what Danny was saying. Like these guys are all in their twenties, and listen, I, I think we're all we were all pretty dumb in our twenties. Arguably, we—I mean, I, I still are, uh, but in my twenties, you know, even dumber. <laughs> and I can't imagine that I made a lot of really great decisions at the time. And if I had had the you know the the money, the the fame, the the attention that guys like this are, are getting you know, it's hard for me to imagine that I would have made the, the right choices, right? Like, it's very easy to think of how these guys kind of lose the plot a little bit, but that that's also kind of like, it feels like that is exactly what a leader would do in that situation. Like, in the locker room, whoever, like, understands that these are young guys who are growing up in this, like Danny said, like, betting is everywhere, they're bored, they're on their cell phones, like, there should be there uh, someone, a voice in the locker room saying, like, hey, don't don't do that. Like, don't, don't be an idiot. You have 10 to 15 years. If everything goes great of playing football, don't waste it on, you know, this tiny, you know, this stupid things you are going to have the rest of your life to bet whatever you want to bet. Right. And, and it feels like that's, that's, you know, it's, it's the hard thing to stomach because you like, like Daddy said, like outside of a few drunk driving incidents here and there, which weren't even done by, like youngers, like youngsters. They were done by like, you know, more veteran players. But anyway, like you you would feel like there was that big voice of leadership in the locker room telling them like don't do this type of type of things. And now it's 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 happening again. So, you know, it it's ah, it's it's tough. It's tough.
0: It also makes me wonder how much the league and and FIGC and and footballing authorities in Italy have thought about what their messaging is on this. Because, like you know, you know, in the United States, in every major league baseball clubhouse, there is a big ass sign that says "Do not bet on baseball," like in the locker room. Whereas in the NFL, they've you know their policies on gambling have always been have and started to become a little nebulous ever since it was legal legalized and there were you know but they've been but the NFL has been pushing you know to to make sure that their players are educated on what is allowed and what is not allowed. And it makes me wonder what those authorities are is there that messaging that you get you know that says, you know, do not do this. don't be you know this is against the rules, this is you know, these are the consequences. Cause it does feel like the leagues at all levels should be, should at least have some responsibility in that regard.
3: Yeah. And I'm glad we've all kind of steered the conversation towards like looking at the underlying causes of, of this problem rather than just the fact that it happened, you know, rather than just the fact that, okay, Bajoli messed up and Saniolo and uh, Donali and I guess Zaleski as well, because, um, yeah, I mean, that's clearly the more important thing is to look at the underlying causes so that it can be prevented from happening in the future and to to other players, not just at Juventus, but also at other clubs. It, it reminds me, um, I just, just the other day, I'd listened to a podcast of uh, the great um, Freakonomics Radio um, network, and they're basically doing a series of um, episodes on failure. I think it's called like uh, how to succeed at failing or something like that. But the first episode, they talked about just one of the central themes, anyway, was looking at failure, failure of all kinds, looking at it as a chain of events rather than just one, it happened, like looking at it as like, okay, what happened two steps before, three steps, 10 steps, 20 steps before. And I think a lot of what we talked about, you know, includes that, you know, Sam, like you said, okay, one of the, I think parts of this chain of events is indeed the league Uh, the league educating players on betting sports betting you know overall and then you know Sergio like you said I mean these are 19 20 23 year olds you know in that range once again understanding what access at least at the top top players have the access they have to funds you know they're millionaires basically the time they have on their hands. Quite literal technology they have in their hands and smartphones, you know. Danny, you as well talking about just the exposure they have that all of us have to. Yeah, I mean the incredible might of the sports betting industry and just how widely they advertise their services. And and you know, there's a bit of hypocrisy, honestly, in that. Uh, just in that point there, Danny, because it's illegal. Yeah, for players to then bet on at least you know on football and on, on their own games and you know just in general there on one hand it's illegal but on the other hand clubs and leagues will gladly accept the sponsorship money exactly of these sports betting
2: companies you know that's one of that's one of the biggest catches in all this is like you know you see the was it the the first one that i remember you know was it bet 365 that will show up in premier league or wherever you know whether it's an advertisement on the side of the field or uh, hell, even even a shirt sponsor, and you know you see it. Hell, remember,
0: remember who was our shirt sponsor when we won our when we won the first title in the <laughs> string with uh, Conte. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. BetClick. BetClick. Yeah, BetClick. Yeah, that was a, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Makes you long for the New Holland days, doesn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> At least as a shirt sponsor, maybe not or on the. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's when yeah, when you're when your sponsor's yogurt, there's not a lot of controversy, you know? It's yeah. like maybe maybe
2: <laughs> knowing how to last year international breaks, the needs some some yogurt kind of uh news <laughs> going on. But <laughs> well, sorry to interrupt, chucks Continue. No, on.
3: no, no. I mean again, I mean that is indeed a very important point. Just, you know, we'll gladly accept their money, the sponsorship money, but then the then you're gonna say oh well don't you know bet on games and then you're gonna tell players well apparently you're not telling players very much (laughs) but yeah i mean there's a hypocrisy in that sense and that's problematic as well and yeah i mean like you like you said danny like what what are the other causes like what are the other underlying causes of why you know not just fat i mean multiple players i mean clearly if it's just one player it's not good but I can kind of move on from it but if you have at least four from what we know possibly five possibly more players across clubs um that's a really you know that's a systematic issue there and like that I mean, there's that's not just you know an oops somebody messed up that's a deeper investigation that has to be done into the you know what what caused that yeah what's happening what are these players doing in their free time and again where's the education from both players and clubs, uh, from senior players and clubs. And yeah, I mean, what they do in their free time, is there nobody, you know, telling them that's not okay? And and as I kind of mentioned last week, uh, Danny, when you and I were talking about Pogba, you know, is there, do they not hire people to kind of tell them like, I don't know, almost like a personal system, like, all right, (laughs) Nicolo, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. Okay, now you can all, now you can just focus on football. And like i'll be I'll make sure you know on a day to day basis that you know all the things like you know you can or you can't do or you can or you can't eat or get from what supplements you can take and not take once i'm personally anyway, I think once you've reached this reach a certain level of income or wealth, I mean you can hire people to basically cover your basis to say it like that, so yeah, just a lot of i think prior failures that led up to like again that chain of events like a lot of prior failures that led to this big failure now of Fajoli and, and the other players uh, messing up
4: and, and and i think you know as it always is all roads lead back to mexican football but we had a, a scandal here <laughs> in the in the Mexican league, like I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, in which three players from, from Chivas, the famous Chivas that we went to see in Las Vegas, yes, uh, <laughs> they they got suspended because they, as they do, uh, brought in, you know, women and alcohol and, you know, had fun at their hotel, like the, the concentration hotel before the game. And they got suspended. And, and the thing that was, you know, very, uh, or at least a lot of people were commenting was that it was two veteran players, two guys that have been on the national team that that you know should by all means know better. But the third one was a, a young kid from the under you know under twenty three team that had just played like his first five ten minutes in the senior team like the previous week, and he was there doing that as well. So you know, and, and it generated this whole thing like why do players do that? And a lot of the former players now turned you know analysts or talking heads they were saying like when you walk into a locker room you know when you can tell when there's a good organization in in, in place a, a good team that that you know knows what they're doing like they they will assign like like chuck say like they will assign either personal assistance or like you know tell the young guys like this is the veteran the guy that's been there done that he's been playing 10 12 13 years uh you know listen to him do what he says you know be that example and and almost uniformly everyone was like that's you know the the sign and the difference of a club being well run not only in terms of of how they play football of tactics of of finances but just like this is a good steady organization that knows what to do with with young players and putting an example and not having the scandals all the time and and it just feels like you know it's no coincidence that, that Juventus is constantly in this in these things because like we've said, like this is an organization that's been in turmoil for years now. And and this is just a natural result of you can only have so much incompetence at all levels until it starts permeating into you know with, with this type of, of, of scandals. I think the, the real what is going to be the deciding factor is what Sam was saying earlier, is you know did the leak do a good enough job of saying, if you do this, this is your punishment. And if they did, I mean, you know, nothing that we can say about it. It's not going to be a a thing like the, like the, the Prisma investigation where everything was sort of murky and it was up to interpretation. Like this is pretty cut and dry. Like if the leak said you can't bet and you bet, there you go. That that's a punishment. And I think that's, that's what we're going to find out in the next few days.
2: Yeah, we we all have faith that the FIGC is just going to handle this perfectly, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that th- there is something to what Sergio just said is that a lot of the stuff that we've been th- that people have been complaining about with FIGC, especially as re- as comes to as relates to Juve, has been ambiguous. There's no ambiguity about this. I mean, you know, it it brings to mind what it was uh, Armando Izzo a few years ago, right? Who got suspended for something similar? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, that was. There is nothing ambiguous about this. You know, the only thing is, and you know, there's there are rumors that, and this, if you want to, if if you want to say that there is a best thing about this for Nicola Fagioli, it is that he was mature enough to fess up, to go to prosecutors, both in the criminal and sporting sphere, and say yeah i screwed up here let's talk about it and then to cooperate and from what i understand there are there is a plea bargaining process that is about to start with him that may see him serve a much more a much reduced suspension if he did bet on 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 soccer games than he would otherwise have uh have faced you know he's facing at least on normal circumstances, just a baseline you bet on soccer suspension for f i g c is three years yep. and from what i'm I'm reading, you know, given the cooperation Fajoli has had, you can expect you might be able to see you might see him have that or even more, and at which point you know you just have to hope that he gets the personal help that he needs. You know, I've heard that other reports flying around that both he and Sandro Tonali have both already started seeking counseling over this and that he can come back. You know, he is the silver lining for him is that he's young enough that he can come back from this if he's allowed to, you know, is Juventus going to do what they do, what everyone expects them to do with Paul Pogba and and cut ties with him? Or if they're going to hold on to this, keep him and and support him and Use him when his when a potential suspension is up. But it, it is at least a good thing to see him have the maturity to take responsibility, to, to realize the situation he was in and just take responsibility and say, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's, it's also very different from, uh, you know, when, when his case came out, I was just thinking about Michael Jordan, actually. I'd, a few months ago, I watched a documentary on his, of him, uh, The Last Dance documentary. Nice. I know I'm, I was like years late. you go. I'm always years late on everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm what they call a late adopter in the marketing lingo. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, as you'll remember, Michael Jordan Jordan had a pretty serious gambling problem as well.
2: A very public gambling problem. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And um, I was just again reading an article on it, just to kind of refresh my memory on it. But I remember the biggest, uh, the the biggest case that they highlighted in a documentary, anyway, was uh, the case with James Slim Bowler. And anyway, Jordan had to go to court about that, and you know he had to testify testify about a $57,000 check that he'd sent to, I'm just going to go with Bowler, pronounce it as (laughs) Bowler, and you know, first he said it was a business loan, but then, you know, you, you can't lie on the stand, so to admit on the stand that it was indeed a gambling debt that, that he had accumulated while golfing. some
0: people that even think that Michael Jordan's father was murdered over his gambling debts.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd read some, some stuff about that too. Yeah. And, you know, it just kind of going off the CBS uh, sports article here, you know, Jordan owed this person uh, $1.25 million uh, from golf bets, but, you know, Jordan denied that. And then settled for a smaller amount three hundred thousand dollars. anyway you know it was a whole ordeal obviously but it was very just just to go back to you know sam how you you know talked about how Fajoli was handling this and very cooperative and just humble and just admitting holding his hand up and saying you know that i messed up very big contrast from how michael jordan handled his uh his gambling uh scandal i guess um He was very, uh, I remember the documentary, he was very, uh, I don't want to say arrogant, but he was just kind of like, yeah, I gamble, but I still play basketball and I'm still good at it. And, you know, it was borderline arrogant, but anyway, it was obviously a different issue because it was, you know, different sport. He wasn't betting on basketball, obviously. From what I understand, it was mostly just during golf and when he went to casinos, that it was, you know, gambling in those arenas, but still just a very different, uh, yeah, it just reminded me of, you know, that that being, from what I know, one of the most high profile gap leg issues in sport. And just, uh, yeah, this is not the first time this is happening, unfortunately, just, you know, which again points to that systemic issue. I mean, different players across different clubs, across different sports. I mean, it's, you know, there's something happening there. And I mean, that's, I think that's really the bigger
2: story. And obviously where this investigation and scandal is at now, there's obviously a whole lot more to come, whether it is Fagioli, whether it is potentially more Juventus players being involved or just Italian players in general, because, or Serie A players, because, uh, you know, this, this definitely feels more like the beginning rather than something that's coming to, uh, to the conclusion. So let's get to a couple of quick Twitter questions before we wrap things up for today from at Arthur Schmidt, the fourth, uh, now that it appears that we have two less players in midfield, maybe how do we approach our midfield lineup slash depth? Does Weston McKinney slot in at times? Does max play with a more attacking midfielder max attacking midfielder? I don't know. Does that
0: those things happen? Uh, and it's it's funny that you you two mentioned him last week, Danny and Chuck's. If there's one person that I use the term benefits very loosely from in this case, but if there's one person that benefits from this, it's probably Hans nicolucci Cavilli Hans <laughs> There's nobody else to blame. There's nobody else to blame. Yeah, I think I mean I think out of necessity, I think Weston McKinney is going to have to shift back into midfield at at, at some point. And the question really becomes you know what happens in january and you know with all the questions of the potential of a of a sale of either Philip kostic or samuel owen junior if a sale of one of those guys has to happen in january in order for juventus to bring in some sort just bring in bodies in in midfield we might end up seeing that um but between now and between now and january i think a lot more of mckennie in midfield and i think we will start seeing konstantinicius cavelia just play because he has to <laughs> at this point.
4: Yeah, I yeah, pretty much agree with, with everything that Sam said. It's just, you know, it's just a, another another awesome tidbit of, of being a UEFA fan this year. Uh, arguably, the two more talented or high upside players that this team had in the midfield with both Pogba and Fagioli now, you know, sideline for what seems like for the first year of the future, Flash Pogba maybe forever. So, you know, just a, another great little detail of what's happening with this with this season so far and you know it, that is assuming of course that they play the same formation like they could change it up switch it up and is no no stranger to doing that so you know the, the continuity that we were seeing in that is, is also affected so just you know just a great wrench to throw into into the season with with this fagioli thing
3: yeah no, the the only thing i'll add is just that i mean it's minus two players with uh fagioli and Pogba, I mean really it's minus one player because Pogba've been injured for so long. <laughs> ah. I mean I'm sorry but
0: like
3: keep it savage 101 but you know, I mean real even a real man. I mean seriously, Pogba played like what? How many did like less than a 1000 minutes or something in total? I mean it basically was only like he really wasn't.
2: Couple hundred, man. Couple
3: hundred. <laughs> Yeah, a couple hundred. I mean, he didn't, come close to
2: that. he didn't come close to a thousand.
3: Yeah. So, you know, effectively, it's really only minus Fajoli. I mean, I had so much written off Pogba even playing or being part of the club that I mean, him now, you know, being basically suspended permanently.
4: Yeah, I mean, you
3: now for me, it basically only felt like really Fajoli was missing. I had already, unfortunately, discounted Pogba. So hopefully he's not listening to this, which I don't know why he would. I don't know. Maybe he's bored. I mean, I don't know. Now he's not playing football. He's probably bored. So,
0: the one thing that I hope doesn't happen. I've already seen a couple of reports that Allegri is thinking about dropping Illing Jr. or Yildiz, uh, Yildiz into the midfield, <laughs> and uh, as a way to make up for this. All right, like, don't do that, bad Max. <laughs> okay. Get the spray bottle. At least in Illing Jr.'s case, you get to play. Yeah, oh. that. I mean, yeah, but it's uh you know i don't know about i don't know how much they're gonna do that with because i think they're still trying it's i think it's pretty clear that they're still trying to dance on yildiz's ability to play for the next gen yeah so they don't want to give him too many minutes yep. on the first team all at once unless they absolutely have to but yeah i just 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 stop with people's possessions max
3: <laughs> speaking of speaking of which um yeah. you know ironically it's like if this had happened, I don't know, four or five months ago, I imagine uh, one of your favorite players, uh, Sam, would have probably um, not been loaned out, which is a uh, Nicolovella. Yeah, he probably would have. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. you know, they would they would have kept him for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah. If if both these events had happened, uh, I don't know, May or something, but hey, could have, should have, would have.
0: How Much to terminate that loan in Janu- in January. <laughs> yeah, right. You're gonna have to. <laughs>
2: at phil underscore day underscore phil with juve's midfield growing thinner here we go this is something that sergio will like now that he's back should juve renew adrian (laughs) rabio
4: yes of course they should i mean (laughs) he there you go with radio like he's been undoubtedly one of the better steadier players they've had in the last like three years now? Like well, with this season, if he everything's keeps going. Like he's just there. He plays between good and great, pretty much, or at worst, average, pretty much every single game. He doesn't get injured. He apparently, you know, gives you no off field issues. He's been, you know, he's been good. If they can get him for another year or for you know, this his problem has always been his salary. He gets paid too much, but if, if they you know, if they can manage to sign him for another year, another couple of years at the same value, maybe negotiate a little bit of a hometown discount. I don't know how likely that is, but yeah, why not? Like, why wouldn't you want to renew the one guy that's like, you know, always there and has played well, you know, the, the last two years, pretty much everywhere where you put him. Like that's, you know, I mean, that, that to me is a no-brainer. It, it really depends on the money. it's always But just the player itself? Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. With the exception of that first game of the year where he scored against Rudinese, he has not shown last year's contract here Rabio carrying over into this year's contract here Rabio. And I think it comes down to a couple of things. One, is Juventus in the hunt for the Champions League, slash, do they make the Champions League? Because I think getting Champions League money is going to be a major issue in terms of trying to Sign him to anything like a long term deal? And two, does he keep performing at right now? He is playing average. Like, I don't think he's been playing badly, but he's been average. And up until last year, I was always saying that, uh, you know, a lot, uh, I think a lot of people I've said several times and a lot of people agreed with me that had he been making like four or five million euros instead of seven, then the Balance of than the entire preponderance of his Juventus career, people would not have been as upset about. But if you're going to, you know, extend him, you're going to be spending at least this much money, if not more. And the question becomes did his play this year make him worth that amount of money? Or has he dropped back a little bit and you get into a scenario where he's really not? Worth the kind of money that we're looking that we're talking about,
3: yeah, agreed,
4: <laughs> you know whether or not he he's played as well as he did last season, and I think that's a high bar to set. I think he's doing the exact same things like he was doing last year last year. Obviously, the scoring streak, like he scored what like eleven goals or something like that last year. I mean that that was going to be hard to replicate, obviously. But I do think, especially with a team that's been so up and down, so Injury prone, so inconsistent, just having a guy that you know that can step up and do a good job at a moment's notice that won't get injured, that won't give you any problems that's that's valuable. I think for this team as it currently stands. Is he a little bit overpoi- overpaid? Sure. So that's why I, I think that you know any any matters of a renewal should come with you know the basis of at least not giving him a race. <laughs> uh, but you know if you can get him for for what he's making right now, if you can do less, awesome. I still think he's he's worthy of of that contract even if he if he's not you know really replicating the the form he had last year which was you know i think i think an outlier i mean he was one of the best midfielders in league last season so i don't know how likely it was for him to to you know do that again but you know other than that i think he's a good player and i think they should they should keep him well you know considering that the wage is not it's not crazy
2: yeah because uh the thing that first comes to mind when it it applies to negotiating contracts when Veronique Rabio is discounts, <laughs>
4: yeah, so I don't know how likely that is, but you know,
2: yeah, you never know well, anyways, uh guys, we got through it. We gritted our teeth through this one. Thank you all for for listening as always. Thank you for the Twitter questions. We always appreciate it. If you want to send them to us, feel free to do so at Juventus Nation on the Twitter machine. Follow the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN, fansfirstsports.com for all of the other podcasts around the network. Uh if you want to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, feel free to do so. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and a review. We always appreciate it. So for Sam, for Chuck's, for Sergio and producer Couch, this is Danny Singh. thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days.